Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Gonzo, the Crypto Goliath, and a very special guest, and clearly another Italian. Showtime 2KX is making time for us this morning, so I'm very excited for this episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how the Ethereum merge is less than 16 hours away. With the largest event taking place in years on the network, we debate the long-term success of Ethereum. Fidelity is moving further into crypto by the day with nearly half a dozen new blockchain-related jobs. This is another example of how 2023 will be the year of institutional adoption. The world's richest men lost $93 billion on Tuesday, while Elon Musk is now launching a new Tesla project to accumulate Dogecoin. Celsius plans on rebranding as a crypto custody service, while California Congressman Brad Sherman is doubling down on his hatred of crypto, claiming that now is the time for the government to take control of this market. Michael Barr, a former Ripple advisor, tells the truth about regulation, while Ripple CEO Brad Garlinghouse states that institutions will rapidly increase the demand in crypto. We show our listeners how 2025 is gearing up to be the bull run of a lifetime. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So guys, they can mess with my computer, but they can't get me to mess up my introduction. We got two Italians in the building this morning, so I don't know if it's an Italian special, but we're kicking it to my man, Johnny K. Johnny, how you feeling in great Italian gear? Well, the other day, Mario had, uh, we had Europe Day. Today, we've got Italian Day. So first of all, good morning to all the crypto maniacs out there today, or warrior maniacs. Uh, you know, we're very grateful that you're there every day. True warriors out there for sure. I'm super excited today. Obviously, good to see you again, Abs, and my brother Gonzo. But of course, it's always a special day when there's another Italian on the show. So Showtime, great to see you, buddy. It's been too long. I can't wait to hop into it with you, brother. That's right, Matt. Somebody commented, the Italians are on fire. Not only are they on fire, they are taking over. But Gonzo, we're going to hold it down here. You did an amazing job on Monday. Thank you for covering for the show. But how are you feeling today and what's on your mind, my friend? I'm feeling great, man. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Uh, it's awesome to be here. Uh, yeah, Monday was, was great. I thought we had a great show. It was really fun. A couple of technical issues, but we worked it out. But yeah, it's nice to be here with Showtime. Uh, we talk on Twitter and stuff like that, but I think it's actually the first time we've actually been on the show together. So that's awesome. Uh, and uh, just looking forward to the show. Johnny, did you get a new mic? Like Johnny's balling out, man. He's got the, the Italia gear. He's got a new mic, man. He's going places. He's a new man, Gonzo, but we're going to keep him grounded here. We brought another Italian into the building this morning. Italia, viva Italia. I think that's a great comment, but Showtime, how are you feeling today? And thank you for making time for us, my friend. It's always exciting to have you on. 
Abs, Gonzo, Johnny, thanks so much for having me on again. Love talking with you guys. We talk, I know, a lot off the show, but when it's anytime I'm on the show, it's a special time. So thanks for having me. Thank you, Showtime. And I'm really excited to get this thing going. So we're going to jump into it the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single member of our team. I am pulling it up to share it live with you guys. I know that you are seeing our faces, but we're going to dive into the Bitcoin fear and greed index because Johnny Crypto, we've slightly dropped this morning. We're still in moderate fear, but we're sitting at a 27. Yesterday, we were at a 34, and I think that has to do with the CPI numbers and probably the fact that we dropped below $1 trillion in market cap. So this morning, we are sitting at $996 billion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 39% dominance. Ethereum is nearly 20%. We've got Bitcoin barely holding 20,000 at 20,200. Ethereum is 1,600. XRP is 33 cents. Cardano is 48 cents. Cosmos, $14. Algorand is 30 cents. VeChain is 2 cents. And my account is clearly glitching right now. So we'll get to the rest of those after we kick it to our group showtime. We got you in the building this morning, my friend. And like I said, I'm having technical difficulties. So what are some of the projects that you're watching and what's on your mind? Well, you know, looking at the, the market yesterday, I wasn't like too surprised what happened. Although you'll notice we still didn't break those June lows. Still, even with that bad debt, did not break those June lows. It does appear that the bottom's in, you know, could we go lower? We could go lower, especially for the next couple of years, as I know we'll uh, look into. But you know what? There's um, you got the merge coming up. You've got elections coming up. And I know that's going to play a major role. It always does. you got parties and certain criminals, I'll say, that love pump markets to stay in power and do all sorts of things. But yeah, you know what? Um, anything under a trillion dollar market cap is a bargain. And I think one day we'll never see under a trillion dollar market cap ever again. Johnny, we are going to dive into the market cap news. But if you check out this tweet from Jim Cramer, this could be one of the best indicators in the market. And shout out to Gonza for sharing it this morning. Jim Cramer took the time to tweet out last night. The easiest call in the world is that the bear market isn't over. I will talk about it tomorrow on our Clubhouse noon call. Not too late to sign up. Click on my avatar. Of course, he wants you there. Johnny Crypto, is the bear market over? I, you know, I'm not going to go as far to say it's over, but it's certainly a great sign when 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 Kramer is saying that the bottom isn't in yet. You you know, I remember him the other day or a couple of weeks ago saying that, you know, keep buying ETH. We got a long way to go on ETH. And we all knew that was the top and we all sold and that was at 1900, right? And then he crashed all the way down to 12 or something. So it's always a good indicator. You know, when Jim's saying it, you always want to kind of do the opposite. So I, I do... I do. But however, as you all know, I'm still a little cautious of this whole end of Shemitah and the whole October crash. And I just think October, November is when we're really going to truly bottom out. So I think we're close to the bottom. I think we're going to retest 17,500. 48% of you in my poll also said on Twitter that you think we're going to hit 17,500. We're going to retest again. 75% think we're still going lower. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know if we're done yet, but I feel like we're, we're close. But there's one more leg, last leg down to shake everybody out. That's what I think is happening or going to come. Gonzo, in September is going to be a massive month for the entire crypto market. But the biggest news everyone's talking about is the Ethereum merge, which is on the horizon. We know you take so much time studying Ethereum. Why don't you break that down for us? Are you anticipating anything? And when do you think we're going to get this market collapse? Gonzo, I mean, we talk about the Shemitah every day, and that's on September 26th. Yeah, you know, uh, we never got back up to those levels that uh, we had looked at. Like we hit that 2000, like you guys said, and then we came back down. So, uh, you know, with everything that's happened in the macro, um, you know, I think Showtime is spot on uh, because we didn't go back to 17.5, but yet the stock market had its worst day since I think like June of 2020 or something. 
Um, mm. And so we kind of didn't retest those bottoms. I'm still leaning towards, you know, October and November. You know, we have the partial solar eclipse uh, on October 25th and then the lunar eclipse that happens November 7th and 8th. Uh, but as far as the ETH merge, um, I, I think that we could get a sell-off, right? Um, I think after the merge happens, we have to wait to see if everything happens smoothly. But I'm telling you, if there's any apps that go down or any kind of little glitches, and, and uh, we're probably going to get a sell-off. Uh, and then, you know, we might see Ethereum coming back down to that $1,000 level. But for me, nothing to be fearful of. You know, I'm going to be buying it up. Awesome. Thank you, Gonzo. And if we do have any technical difficulties, my computer is currently overheating. I just want to warn our listeners. But if you're joining us on this Wednesday, please show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to dive into some of the most relevant news for today because we always talk about how 2023 is the year of institutional adoption on this channel. And this is a prime example as Fidelity's rumored retail crypto plans are on display in their recent job offerings. We've got Fidelity posting on LinkedIn talking about how they need people to be able to code using Solidity, which is an Ethereum coding mechanism. Before we dive into the meat and potatoes of this article, I'd love to kick it to Showtime. Showtime, you got so much knowledge. Why do you think Ethereum's being given a free pass? And look at what Fidelity's doing. They're putting it right in our face. You know, um, there's always going to be technologies that we were talking about this before the show started. There's always going to be technologies that tend to outpace others, even if they're not better, right? The government and institutions will pick winners and they'll pick losers, oftentimes because there's influence, oftentimes because there's people that they know that make sure that things happen in certain ways um, because there was original funding that took place. But I mean, look, anybody that doesn't think that crypto isn't the future, go and look at an article like this. Go and look at what the people in the world were saying years ago versus today and go and look at how you will see solidity, you will see Anything that has to do with blockchain technology, I know we're going to get into later, tokenization, everything is going to be tokenized. And because the world's moving in that direction, it's like, you know, it's almost like staring at us in the face. The internet of value is staring at us in the face. Don't miss it. Gonzo, one of the things that he brought up is the tokenization of everything. And we got an interview. Uh, we had a report from Boston Consulting Group come out yesterday that said by 2030, $16.1 trillion worth of assets are going to be tokenized and put on the blockchain. We've got Fidelity talking about tokenization here. So what are you anticipating over these next few years? And is everything going to be tokenized on Ethereum? Or are there some other blockchains you think are going to get some capital in this market? You know, if Ethereum had it their way, it would be Ethereum. But I still think that we're going to be a multi-blockchain thing. Um, I think um, there'll be a, a few winners and that's why it's important to kind of diversify. But um, you can see where we're going with this, right? With blockchain uh, and the article talks about them starting to focus like on wallets, right? Because I think that custodying people's crypto um, is going to be something big in the future, right? These guys are starting to focus on how to convert the regular person into cryptocurrencies and blockchain, right? Uh, but um, I think, you know, we're still early, but I think that's spot on that um, everything in our lives is going to start being tokenized. <clears throat> and the key will be which one, right? Which one will be the winner? And I think there'll be multiple winners, right? I think you're going to have Ethereum. I think you're going to have Cardano, right? AVAX, um, you have the XRPL, you have all these different blockchains. Um, uh, and so I, I think it's important to kind of, do your own research and diversify uh, and then place multiple bets because I think in the end uh, we're going to have a few winners.
Johnny Crypto, we got over 160 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. But I'm coming to you because you've got over 25 years of engineering experience. They're talking about how they want somebody with over a year of coding using Ethereum's language. Fidelity's moving quick. What does that mean to you? I mean, it just tells me that adoption is coming. We've been saying this for a while. If you want to get an early indicator of what's coming, you look at where the money's being spent. You look at what companies are hiring. What are they looking to do, right? And and this actually spells a little bit of bad news for Cardano because they don't use Solidity. So, you know, the fact that these guys are going out with uh, Solidity just further tells you that Ethereum's not going away. We've been saying that for a while. It's going to be here to stay. Uh, the Ethereum's its own worst enemy, to be honest with you, but they're trying to fix that. So Solidity is going to be one of those coding languages that's going to be, you know, prominent through this space. And it's no surprise apps to see it. So, yeah, it's coming. We've been telling you this, guys. And we're going to be telling you more and more of this over the next few years. You're going to see more and more examples of this happening. The good news is we're all in early enough where at some point when this thing just goes exponential, we're all going to be hopefully hanging out together, partying on an island somewhere. And I'll be drinking some, uh, a couple of maybe a little Armada or something with my Pazano over there. That sounds good. I hope I'm invited, Johnny Crypto, because if not, me and Gonzo, we're going to buy the island right next to you and boat on over. But I'm showing something really interesting, which is that the last time the Bitcoin price chart had these moving averages cross, which is the 50-day moving above, or sorry, moving below the 100-day moving average, that was the bottom of the bear market. And we recently just showed a tweet from Jim Cramer talking about how they are predicting the bottom of the bear market, or sorry, saying that the bear market is just getting started. So they're saying the opposite. What we can clearly see here is that this is the bottom of the bear market. Johnny Crypto, now that I got this tweet pulled up, any quick comments? You know, again, we had Yusko on the show, what, two weeks ago, and he called it too and said that 17.5 was the bottom. I personally think we just need to see one more retest of it. That's usually how these things work to get that double bottom. And we haven't gotten a double a retest yet of the 17.5, and the whole world thinks it's coming. So maybe it won't, but I, I suspect we will. Um, and if we do get it, I think it's going to be in that October, November timeframe. If we don't, it just means I, I missed the boat in buying a little early, but it's okay. I don't mind VCing in in the low 20s because I think someday we're going to be sitting at 100 or over 200,000 anyway in Bitcoin. So it ain't going to matter whether I bought it at 17 or 2,000 or 20,000 anyway. Showtime, we're about to show that beautiful article of Elon Musk offering people the cyber whistle, but only able to buy it in Dogecoin. But before we dive into that, we talk about Ethereum all the time and how it's given a free pass. What are some of the other DeFi projects you think have the potential to take some market cap away from Ethereum? Well, I think, um, you know, Gonzo had said something I really wanted to hone in on is that there's going to be a lot of blockchains that are going to be winners, right? I mean, Avalanche by themselves, they have um, contracts with the USDA and FEMA, right? You've got Polygon Matic making big moves. Um, we know that XRP Ledger is going to be big once they get out of this lawsuit. We know Cardano's got a lot of contracts. So when we look at a lot of these different blockchains, I would encourage people to not fall into the maximalism. Don't fall into that. Mine's the one that's going to win and darn it, I'm going to I'm going to buy more until it does kind of mindset. Buy the Google, buy the Apple, buy the Microsoft, buy all of them, buy the Amazon, right? buy all of them now because likely they're all going to be winners just in different ways. Yes. And we are about to show you another clear winner here because we have a Dogecoin article. And of course that is sarcasm for our listeners out there. Elon Musk Tesla launches a cyber whistle that you can only purchase using Dogecoin. So Elon Musk continuing to create use cases for Dogecoin. 
And this was the tweet he put out yesterday telling people, blow the whistle and buy the whistle, which is Elon Musk's limited edition cyber whistle, which is a premium collectible made from medical grade stainless steel with a polished finish. This is a very, very cool product. And to be honest, I personally would have bought this because I love Elon Musk, so I'm a little biased here. Each whistle costs 1,000 Dogecoin, which is a little bit over $60, but it's a collectible. And I actually consider this something similar to an NFT, right? I think in the future that this specific collectible could be worth some cash. Johnny Crypt, or actually, let's kick it to Gonzo. Sorry, Gonzo, I haven't heard from you in a little while. Gonzo, what do you think about the cyber whistle? Would you purchase one? <laughs> Dude, uh, no, no, I, I wouldn't, man. It's, it's just so funny, right? Because like he does whatever he can. And I don't know if it's to feed his ego or just like to mess with people because, you know, he has so much money that he gets bored. Uh, but, you know, they sold out of the whistle. He's continuously trying to uh, create a use case for Doge. Um, I don't think Doge is going anywhere. I'm not an investor in Doge, but I mean, he's going to continue to um, create these use case so you can buy merchandise or do these like gimmicky things like like the whistle, whatever. If you're part of that community and it makes you happy, hey, more power to you. Johnny, we're going to circle right back to you, but I'm going to Showtime first. Showtime, what does this whistle remind you of? And you got to be honest, would you purchase one with me? No, but you know, now that I'm looking at this, the uh, Cybertruck looks like a giant freaking whistle. I've never <laughs> even thought about that. It looks like a whistle. It looks like a lot of things. It actually looks like something from like an old 2D pixelated Nintendo game, but it definitely looks like a whistle, right? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just not a, a Cybertruck fan, but uh, you know, I'm always always looking at this thinking, okay, what is Elon Musk actually saying in this tweet? I'm always one of those weird people that thinks he's saying <clears throat> something he's not saying. But just just the fact that it's a whistle and Doge, um, maybe he'll start pumping Doge. But otherwise, it's good that he's putting the attention on crypto, you know, um, as kind of like one of the people that has a lot of followers. But just the whistle now. Sorry. And it's interesting that you brought that up because people were so, people were queuing that he was actually talking about the SEC here, talking about the deal that went through with with Twitter. But Johnny Crypto, I want to kick it to you. My highlighter tool is malfunctioning. I'm so sorry for our listeners out there. This does not happen typically. But Johnny, what are some of your thoughts on this article? Why well, try to get some cool highlights? <laughs> I, I have no idea what his affection is with Doge or why he's pumping it or what the Hashib and all the other dogs. Maybe he just loves dogs, right? He's probably a dog lover. So more kudos to him. <laughs> I, the whistle, listen, I like the stainless steel kind of look. It's pretty cool looking. I'm, probably, I'm not going to buy one, but it definitely looks cool. It definitely looks like a cyber truck. <laughs> but, you know, there will be people that will buy it and more power, more, more power, more kudos, you know, kudos to them if they want to. Uh, but I'll talk about something more important is I think that, at the end of the day, kind of what Showtime was touching on, as we've been saying all along on the show, there's going to be these cryptocurrencies that are going to all coexist. There's going to be a, a certain amount of them that we believe are going to be there, right? And you want to make sure you've got enough horses in this race because not every horse is going to win. We know a lot of these horses are going to lose. They're going to go away. They're going to wipe out, fall, crash, break a leg. But there's going to be, you know, several ones that are going to win. And sometimes you only need one or two. I mean, shit, if I held on Amazon, I probably wouldn't even know you guys today, right? So, you know, you Lucky just have you just have, yeah, so you just have to, uh, you have to stay in the game. You got to, you know, spread your spread. You got to have multiple horses in the race. The ones that make sense that have real world utility, you have to do your homework, do your research. That's why you want to join the 3T Academy. Click on the link below uh, for the free, uh, the free discord so that you have an opportunity to come and see what we're talking about. Share ideas with a community of over 1,200 warriors that have other ideas, right? That's the whole key in life is debating, sharing ideas. I, I got a lot of the picks that I got that I started researching was from talking to you guys or other people in the academy. Then talking started, to me, Johnny. Right. There yeah, right. Talking to all of us. Yeah. Or coach buying quant because of a – so it's that like – sarcasm, it was, Gonzo. I was just kidding about it only being me. 
So to me, guys, that's the key is, you know, staying in the race and whether Doge is going to be something important or not. Listen, I've got a little bit of it because I know the, the elites love it and they're pushing. I got a little sheep, right? You want to put a little bit of it in your bags, but but I'm not putting a big, big chunk, one or two percent. Just to, like Andrew says, put two to five hundred dollars and you see what happens. Yeah, you know, the, I was going to say that uh, about meme coins. Look, we're not talking shit about meme coins. It, you just have to understand what you're investing in and understand that there's a cycle to them and just know that, you know, don't be like those people that buy into the hype that, you know, you're buying something at fraction of a cent and you're going to hold it forever and you're going to become a millionaire, right? Because that's how it works. But you can make money on meme coins. Just understand what you're investing in, that there's no utility, that they have a cycle. And as long as you're pulling profits and you understand what you're doing and you're not putting your whole investment into it, then, hey, you know, more power to you. Make sure if you get in the memes that you have this. Have an exit plan, folks. Get Merlin. Go sign up for the 30-day trial. Link is below. You want it. If you're going to get into any of these things, these things pump quick. We see them. They go up. They go down. If you don't move, they don't execute quickly. You will miss out on it. So make sure you have an exit plan. Showtime. A project that we always talk about on our channel is Quant because we believe it could be one of the main overledger systems besides Chainlink to connect the world of blockchain, right? And one of the price charts here, Johnny, you're going to love this tweet. Somebody tweeted, I have no idea what Quant does, but for the last eight months, it's been slowly printing a bottom looking structure. It looks good for a run back to those old highs that we experienced in February. So we're looking at about $160 Quant, which would be pretty exciting. Showtime. Are you familiar with this technology? And if so, are you a believer? Yes. Yes. I am familiar with it. Just looking at that chart, that almost looks like an inverse head and shoulders. That's Just it. looking at that, that looks like it's going back up. 100%. But you know, that's, that's interesting. I don't know who this guy is that we're, we're looking at here, but um, there's a lot of people. I mean, there's a lot of different cryptos out there. I mean, what are we six, seven, 8,000 cryptos or something like that? Yeah, I, mean, I believe it's over 12,000. Is it? So yeah, there you go. I'm up running off of numbers from like maybe a month ago. Right. But yeah, guys, um, I always talk about the 80, 20 rule because you will always find that there's going to be a small amount of winners. I would almost say it's like 95, five in crypto. Right. But um this is one of those, yeah, I mean, getting access or providing, I should say, digital access to particular services or MApps, things like that is going to be huge in the future. And I think this is just one of those um, cryptos and blockchains that just people are not looking at. And they're mainly not looking at because they see the price. Oh, I can't buy 100 billion tokens of this thing because of the price. So they think it doesn't have value. And it's not the price. It's what it does. Exactly. Go ahead, Johnny. Sorry. You know what? You mentioned something that's so important. As I know so many people that got into crypto because they could buy 100 million coins and they think it's going to a dollar. I'm going to be a 100 million. No, you're not. It's not happening. You know, what happens is people don't do their homework and they don't realize. And that's why you want to join the academy. You talk to you realize that the coin supply makes a difference. And the reason why these coins are so low and why you could buy a billion coins for for 100 bucks is no you're not going to be a billionaire it's not going to ever going to go to a dollar but it feels that way right when the reality is uh showtime it's the other way around it's the coins that are higher in price that are probably going to go higher but people aren't buying them because they're high right and it's just a mental game by the way i just checked it there's 20,966 cryptocurrency looks like i was looking at old data actually wow we speak to that crazy thank you brandon that really is crazy. And we got an amazing comment from one of our loyal listeners, Mentelect here. He said, Quant allows developers to piecemeal together the best parts of different blockchains yes. and build the perfect mousetrap. Other words, known as a smart contract. Gonzo, before we dive into our next article for today, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. We always talk about Quant, Hedera, and Polygon on this channel because the more we learn about crypto, the more we understand that those are going to continue to grow in market cap. How do you feel about Quant specifically? It looks like a $160 breakout could be imminent. Do you own any Quant? 
or if you feel comfortable. Um, man. <clears throat> yeah, no, I am a little bit. Me and Mario talked about this. I want to get in, you know, I need to get more, right? There's so many, like Showtime say, there's so many different cryptos, so many different strategies. But, you know, when uh, we got down to 17.5 on that original crash, Quant got down to the low $40. You know, and Billy's always talking about this, where anything under $100 is a good investment. You know, there are a lot of people that invest in quant, uh, like other people invest in Bitcoin, right? It's their Bitcoin. They just doesn't matter really what the price is, because they believe in it long term, they just continue to DCA into quant, right? Um, and that's not a, and if that's what you believe, then that's not a bad strategy, though. I do think that quant is going to be really huge. It's held, it's held up very well during this bear market. Um, it, it held its support. It was down at the $40 level, uh, for a short period of time. And it, and it went back up to like a hundred bucks and a hundred bucks and over. So yeah, definitely, you know, it's going to connect different blockchains in the financial world. Right. And that's huge. It's one of the reasons why I believe in link, right? Because it's an Oracle and it connects different blockchains when it comes to data, but quant is going to be a beast. <clears throat> Yes, it's going to be a beast. And we know that they have connections to Amazon Web Services, Microsoft, and several other billion-dollar companies. We got over 200 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to talk about how the richest men in the world lost over $93 billion yesterday. I don't want to dive too much into this article, but what it highlights is that Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, and a couple others, well, they lost $93 billion in a day. Johnny Crypto, do you have sympathy for these billionaires? You know what's you know you know what that means, Abs. What that really when you lose ninety three billion, you know what that means. Guess how much you really have. Hundred. Like, <laughs> no, no sympathy at all for those guys. Okay, they lost ninety three million. They probably got a trillion sitting somewhere elsewhere. So uh, you know, no. And the, and the reality is, I'd be you know, I'd be surprised if, if they really lost that much. It's probably just a paper loss. I'm sure that's all it is. And uh, it isn't. Gonna, that's not a real loss. These guys know. They're probably buying right now as we speak. And they'll be turning that $93 billion paper loss into probably a $200 billion gain. You know, six It's a ago. drop in the bucket for those guys, man. Drop in the bucket. <laughs> 100% Gonzo. And we're going to talk about how everything is becoming tokenized. But what catches my attention here, most of this money was lost through stocks. And we know that stocks are eventually going to move on to the blockchain. We've seen tons of connections. And we're about to break down an article how Swift is currently testing blockchain. So I want to go to Showtime really quick. Showtime. Everything is going to become tokenized. I showed you an article before the show stating that $3.1 trillion is going to enter this market before 2025 just through tokenized assets. So what does that mean to you, my friend? And what are you anticipating when it comes to tokenization? I see everything having a token attached to it. You know, and I tell my family this. So this is the kind of stuff that I say off camera. I tell them, you know, this is why everything in your life will be controlled by blockchain. And I, I walk them through their day. You know, you wake up. You go to your car, you know, depending, and I'm talking way in the future, maybe not. I mean, hopefully way in the future, you know, depending on your social credit score, maybe your car will take you to where you want to go. Maybe it won't, but you know what, when it does take you to where you want to go, it'll be on the blockchain. When you go buy something, it'll be on the blockchain. It'll all be tra tra um, traced, tracked. Um, everything will be issued out in a CBDC. And the people who were early on in the cryptocurrency space are going to be sort of the people who are early on in the um, the internet bubble. I know we talk about this a lot, but this is the good and the bad of blockchain, that it is the future, but just know what the future entails. That means everything will be attached to it. 
I watched a fascinating interview yesterday, and I sent it to Gondolo and Johnny this morning to get their thoughts. This Andrew Tate guy was banned from all social media platforms on the exact same day. But what caught my attention is that on the same day he was banned from social media, Santander, JP Morgan, and several other global banks also shut down his bank accounts. He wasn't able to access Uber. He wasn't able to access Airbnb. What it tells me is that all these people are connected behind the scenes. And I want to hear some of your thoughts, Showtime. What do you think about the fact that they can just shut people off? Most important detail, they didn't have to tell him why. They didn't have to tell them why. And you know what? Blockchain is going to make that easier, right? I mean, we see this in countries like China already. Like there was a story. I always tell people this story because it was it kind of like made my jaw drop. There was someone who was um, had a friend, okay, who was in China. They were taking pictures with their phone of like a security camera. About five minutes later, phone was shut off, powered off, couldn't turn it on, right? And so this is the type of stuff that it's unfortunate that we – in America are moving this direction, but this is the direction we're moving. It's a totality of control. You will do what I say. It's my way or the highway, so to speak. And if you speak out, you're going to be shut down. And that's unfortunate in the United States, but that's the way we're moving. And just understand what this technology does is it does give these people more power. So it's one of those things. It's just that it's a, it's a, there's good and bad to everything, right? And there's good and bad to blockchain, but just understand based on where our country is going that when you start introducing this level of control, what it's going to entail. Yeah, you're spot on. And I want to go to Gonzo here. Gonzo, the last thing before we get into our biggest news article for today, we're going to talk about how Swift is currently testing blockchain transactions and smart contract capability. We know that that shift is inevitable and they've broken down how it's going to take place before 2025. But I want to highlight this. It, I did not know that all these companies were connected, right? I had no idea that Airbnb was connected to Google, which was connected to uh, Santander. which And it's this global web of friends who actually control everything, whether you call them friends or business partners. What does that mean to you? What do you think? Do we live in an environment that's totally controlled and we're almost ignorant to it? Or is this emerging as we speak? Yeah, no, 100%, right? Like all you have to do is look at BlackRock and see where all its tentacles um, are, are, are into, right. Uh, and that's the, uh, an unfortunate byproduct of blockchain. Right. And, and I, and I don't think I've, we've talked about this before that, you know, we're, we're trying to invest in these rails and get ahead of the game so that we can get some financial freedom and then we can go where we're treated the best, right. Where maybe we have the most freedoms, but, um, don't get it twisted. Blockchain is there to, um, control us, right. To basically I've heard, you know, enslave mankind, right. Uh, and it's sad, but I'm that, and that's a perfect example, right? Um, that um, with a few phone calls, they can completely switch everything off. Uh, and I'm not saying whether this guy is good or bad. I really don't know what he did, but uh, with a with a phone call or a switch, they can completely shut you down and completely eradicate you electronically. Johnny, you've been ahead of the game when it comes to the global elites and the games they love to play, but we got 222 live listeners. If you're in alignment with our content, show us some love, smash that like button. We got Showtime 2KX joining us, and we have the best exit strategy on the planet that we're about to show you. But Johnny, I'd love to get some of your closing remarks, and then we'll kick it to our next article. Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, unfortunately, the stuff you guys are talking about is true. And the reality is we just have to try to invest in the proper areas to I hate to say it, but we're investing in the rails that are going to enslave some people, right? And so that's all we can do at the end of the day. Be smart. You know, Andrew Tate went out there and said a lot of things and he got himself banned. And, you know, you just have to be smart about how you're doing, how you proceed going forward. Unfortunately, it's, you know, the, the, it's going to get a little, I think it's going to be a little 
you're going to feel a little less maybe freedoms, right? But at the end of the day, be smart about it and you can live your life, enjoy it, spend it with your friends and your family. To me, that's what life's all about anyway, just having a good time. And there's no way, you know, that's all we can do. Thanks, Johnny. I'm going to ask you to queue up that Merlin ad for us. But before we do, I would love to get some closing comments because this is just one of the things you said there. You said you're going to have to give up some of your freedom in order to be happy. I don't think that's a very, I don't think that's a statement that I, I agree with completely. And I'd love for you to elaborate on that if possible. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things, not not give up freedoms, but I just think you just have to be a little more careful of some of the things you say, right? I mean, you're seeing examples of that all over the place, especially in China um, and, and, you know, and Andrew Tate now. So I just think it's going to be one of those things. And you've known that, right? You've seen it for a while now. The world is very touchy on certain things that we say or do or treat people a certain way. So I just think you're just going to have to be more conscientious of it. That's all. You and just I have, think <clears throat> you have to be able to adapt and flow with the times. That's, that's what being a survivalist is all about, right? And we're all survivalists, and that's what we need to do. And it just means uh, at the end of the day, just, just knowing the environment you're in and knowing how to play the game in that environment. I guess that's the, the easiest way I could explain it or say it to you. Thanks, Johnny. And I do think that awareness is half the battle. So the fact that you understand you have to be aware of this stuff and conscientious yeah. of it, I really think that's one of the most important aspects of getting – into the right situation. I want to be careful with my words here. But Johnny, I know you got the ad queued up. I'd love for you to show our listeners the app that you created, the smartest way to track your crypto with the Johnny Crypto stamp of approval. I think Showtime, you're going to like this one. The crypto market space or watch your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits. If so, you're not alone. And it's probably because you don't have an exit plan. The good news is that it doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. First, it brings all your coins into one place from many exchanges and wallets, so you can simply see all of your assets across one screen. Next, you can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin's smart algorithm lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. So go to at Get Merlin Crypto on Twitter. That's at Get Merlin Crypto and sign up for our 30-day free trial to get whitelisted so you can receive an email when the product is launched this fall. Don't wait and miss out on this new and innovative app. Sign up today and get on our Merlin whitelist. It is the smartest way to track your crypto. Have you gotten wrecked in the... Amazing, Johnny K. Merlin, it is the smartest way to track your crypto. Why don't you bring us home here, fill our listeners in on anything they may not have gotten from that video. I think the, the coolest thing, the most exciting part about that, right, as we try to help folks so they don't get wrecked in this space, is the fact that we're also going to be connecting and partnering with influencers who also have a following or have their own exit strategies, and their followers can follow them. So that's what's really cool is you can create your own exit plan. We'll have some algorithms in there to help create one for you, or you can follow uh, your favorite crypto influencer, um, who, you know, for those who join us and you'll be able to follow their exit plans too. So we're super excited about it. It'll be coming out, you know, later on this fall, we're talking to influencers right now to see who wants to be, you know, join us. So that's happening. But for you guys, click on the link below right now today. Don't wait, sign up to get whitelisted for the free 30 day notice trial. So when it comes out, you'll be the first one, you know, you'll be, you'll be guaranteed to get that email and then you'll be able to sign up, get a free 30 day trial and try it out. See what you think. And, uh, Go from there. Thank you, Johnny. And we got a comment from Mr. Wright. It said, should I get my 14-year-old son into crypto? He should at least be watching our program. And I think the 214 live listeners agree. But we're about to show you a tweet from the Chamber of Digital Commerce chiming in on the SEC's accusations of XRP. B 
being a security. So what the Chamber of Digital Commerce said is that they're not aware of any judicial decisions that have correctly applied the Howey test at this time. That would include the SEC's application of the Howey test to Ripple and, of course, XRP. Showtime, I know you got some thoughts. Floor is yours. Yeah, how do you like that? Boy, they've never uh, correctly applied the Howey test. You know, you look at a lot of these cryptos, and we're just going back to kind of like the array of cryptos again. What is the most boring, unsexy, unpopular crypto to own in the last couple of years? And we all know it's XRP, right? And of course, there's some others, right? They've just they've never even hit their previous all-time highs. And can you imagine this how recoiled XRP is right now? But yeah, no, I mean, it's not shocking. I mean, we all knew that uh, the Howey uh, test has not been correctly applied to anything in crypto because uh, we know that they're not securities. There's certainly some out there that look like securities, right? But um, for the most part, something like this, like an XRP or like a Cardano or um, an AVAX or something like that, um, we know that they're not securities. So that's not shocking. But but it's interesting to see them say that publicly. And that makes me wonder how close we're getting to a resolution. Showtime, one of our listeners said XLM is actually more boring than XRP. Do you agree? 100%. Thank there you, you for that. There's your answer. And I think we can all agree on that one. But Gonzo, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. The line that caught my attention here is the fact that the SEC reapplied the Howey test to secondary sales within this market. So they not only applied it to the IPO of XRP or ICO of XRP, but they applied it to all the secondary sales that took place afterwards. That is completely out of line when you study what the Howey test actually says. But what does that mean to you, Gonzo? Is that going to get exposed? Yeah, that's what totally messed us up, right? Because they could have easily gone after Ripple and said, hey, you sold this thing as a security at the beginning, but secondary sales are not. And we could have continued investing in XRP while they handled whatever it was at the beginning, whether that was a fine or whatever. But they did this whole blanket thing and it just kind of crushed the market, right? And it got delisted and we know what happened. But um, I like to look at the positive, right? What I'm excited about is that we're going to get that clarity, right? Whether it's through a settlement or they outright win the case. I know Coach Davey talks a lot about, he believes that we're going to get a new Howie test. And, and that makes a lot of sense, right? They're using information. Um, they're using a test that was created when we didn't even have a lot of technology, right? The internet was nowhere near being created, digital assets. And so it's almost like common sense. And we know that common sense isn't very common, right? that you would need not just a new governing body, but all new rules, right? They keep saying that, no, it can apply, it can apply. So that's what I'm excited about, that we're finally going to get clarity. Uh, I have a feeling, though, and I'm leaning towards the, that it's not going to be something that kind of saves the crypto market. Because remember, Ripple and Brad Gallinghorst and that team is going to do what's best for Ripple, right? They're not here to save cryptocurrency. Now, if they it's in their best interest to take this thing all the way and to get a decision that affects the whole crypto market, then great. But if they get a settlement deal that gives them all the clarity that they need, um, I feel like that's what they're going to do because they have to do what's best for their company and for Ripple, right? But I, you know, I'm just excited for that clarity because it's going to be coming. Johnny Crypto, I'm kicking it to you, my friend. Mentelec commented the Howey test was created in the age of radio. I believe the Howey test was created back in 1933 or, or somewhere around that time. And it catches my attention, the fact we're watching this market play out. We're watching this old litigation not be able to be applied to this new market. What are you anticipating and how long until we get a regulatory agency specifically focused on crypto? You know, I, I don't, I, I've been saying this for a while. I don't think that the, the lawsuit a settlement or whatever is going to bring the clarity everybody wants. The clarity has to come from Congress. They need to lay it out what this and how this is going to work, right? A lawsuit is that's just creating law by, by courts. You don't want that. It's not the way to do it. 
the right way to do this is have Congress create, and they are, they're working on regulation. We know we're going to get stablecoin regulation first, and hopefully thereafter we'll get additional regulation around cryptocurrency so that we don't have all this ambiguity around what is a currency, what isn't it? Do I need to register with the CTFC? Do I need to register with the SEC? Do I need to register with both? Right now, that's the that's the nightmare that's going to come if we don't get the clarity we need. And you're not going to get it from one lawsuit, especially one that is focused on how they approached the market back in 2013. You may get an answer to that particular one, but I don't know if it's going to rewrite the Howey test. So I don't know. I, I don't see I see it a little different. I think we need Congress to step up and do their jobs and create something. I think they're in the process of working on it. It's just going to take time. And we know that when that happens, not only are we going to get the benefit of, you know, currencies going away and, and certain ones staying and knowing how to register, but now you get the floodgates open, right? That's what I'm excited about. Open the damn floodgates. Let all that institutional money into this. And boy, you're going to see how high tide raises all boats. I can't wait. Johnny, we use the analogy for gold that a gold gold can still buy a gold suit in 1930. It could do it in 1970, and it can do it in 2022. Well, we are applying that same concept to Bitcoin and the housing market. And if you look at 2017, it took 125 Bitcoin to purchase an average American home. In 2022, you could take 20 Bitcoin and buy a pretty great home in America. Showtime, is Bitcoin a store of value? And how do you feel about the status? Is it a little bit misleading? A little bit. Um, yeah, Bitcoin's a store of value. I mean, it just it is what it is. Um, whether you know we all agree on or not, it just it's gonna it's the first, so it's gonna always be a store of value. But yeah, it's a little misleading. I mean, I think what will happen is this will become fewer and fewer Bitcoin, either because the price of Bitcoin's going up or housing's coming down. Um, housing's been in a bubble for some time. It is the biggest bubble I've seen some time. And so I think, you know, as we're seeing housing prices come down now. I think as they continue to come down and we start going on into the next bull market, um, you could potentially see maybe just a few Bitcoin, right? May, I, I actually think one day you'll probably see one Bitcoin, maybe even half a Bitcoin will be a house, right? So that's a, there's a lot of different factors behind that, but Bitcoin's a store of value. What can we do? Gonzo, one of the things Showtime said that's so important is imagine if in 2025 we're heading into a bull run, but the retail housing market is actually in a long-term decline. Last time the housing market declined in 2005, we didn't come out of that bearish trend for six whole years. And we know the crypto market moves a lot faster than that, but we got a really funny comment before I kick it to you, Gonzo, from one of our listeners. It said, if pro is the opposite of con, what is the opposite of progress? That would be Congress. So we're going to kick it to Gonzo here. Gonzo, how do you feel about this Bitcoin analogy and what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. There was a there was a, a a study or kind of a thing that they did where they were looking at um housing and different things priced like in oranges and rice and bitcoin and diamonds and and things like that and oil, right? Barrels of oil. Uh and and what what they found is um I think the gist of the study was is that actually things haven't really changed in price. The value of what the pricing is is still there. It's what's happened is the debasement of our currency, right? And we've talked about this before and that there's been so much debasement of currency that that's why it costs so much to buy the same thing, but that when you price it like in gold or things like that, um, you, uh, it hasn't really changed. You know, as far as the housing market with, with what happened with CPI and the Fed uh, having to continue to be hawkish and raising rates, you know, I, I think the housing market's kind of in trouble. Um, I think those rates are going to continue to raise uh, or, or go up, uh, and and we haven't seen, uh, I think, the worst of the housing market. We already know that rent has totally gone through the roof as far as um, how much it's gone up, uh, but yeah. 
Thank you, Gonzo. Sorry, I was stuck on the back page preparing a video for our listeners. But Johnny, we're about to show our listeners a video of formal Ripple advisor Michael Barr stating how innovation is being hindered through regulation in the United States. This clip is only about 30 seconds, but we're going to let this short clip play and get some comments from the group. Here we go. Innovation, particularly with regulation, sometimes uh, incumbents will use regulation to block new entrants into the system. So you want to be very careful that you're not kind of locking in the power of the dinosaurs. Uh, so innovation is absolutely critical, but for innovation to be successful, it needs guardrails. And those guardrails have to be clear and they have to protect consumers and they have to protect um, the safety of the financial system. You heard it right there. What the SEC is doing is they're using regulation to protect the dinosaur financial systems. Ripple is taking out a lot of the control the central banks and regular banks have today, and they're not going to go down without swinging. So Johnny Crypto, what are some comments you got here? This is formal Ripple advisor Michael Barr talking to, I forget, some U.S. agency that I can't remember, but I'll look into it. Yeah, it sounds to me that what he was trying to say was... ETH is preventing Ripple from moving forward. That's that's what I took it as. Uh, you know, you got to understand Bar comes from Ripple, right? So he knows the inside story. He probably saw the battles, knew what was going on. Um, and I think what he's trying to say here is pretty much what we've been saying is you need regulate. So we need, well, first we need freedom. We need freedom to be able to create, you know, great innovations out there. And then we need the regulation to kind of make sure that we're not creating systems that will uh, allow fraud uh, activities that could occur bad actors to play in there and hurt consumers. Right. So we want to protect the consumer, which I think we all want that, but we want a fear playing ground. Right. And, and it feels like, I think what he's trying to say here is it's not fair if the old dogs are, you know, as he said, the incumbent, right. Uh, Ethereum being the incumbent, right. Is preventing through, through force preventing maybe through its connections ripple from doing their thing. So I just think sooner or later, this is going to play out. It's going to end. And usually I always feel at the end of the day, the superior technologies in most cases will win in the long run. Maybe not the short term, but in the long run, the superior technology is typically going to win. Gonzo, we got 235 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button, of course. And we are showing you the vice president of the Federal Reserve System for the United States of America, also known as a former Ripple advisor. What does that mean to you, Gonzo? And a lot of the things he said apply directly to what's going on with the SEC today. Yeah, I mean, we know we've talked about this, that it seems that the SEC is regulating by enforcement um, and that just is not working because what we need is clarity. Right. So if they can tell them what the rules are, then everyone can follow the rules and they can stay within those rules and then expand out. Right. They can continue to grow. But it's, you know, not just as an investment thing with like the fi legacy financial system putting money into the market, right? Because they don't want to cross the SEC, but you don't know which way you can go if you don't know which what, what, what the rules are, right? It, like, again, it seems common sense to us. The SEC is supposed to be there to protect us, but that's not what they're doing, right? They're, they're actually making more confusion um, and actually hurting us as investors. Uh, and that's not what they were set up to be. Thank you, Gonzo. And we're kicking it right to Showtime. Showtime, we've got an article prepared for our listeners, a video of Brad Garlinghouse actually talking about how XRP is going to be owned by mostly institutions. So, of course, that might be a given. But what are some of your thoughts on what Michael Barr had to say? And do you agree that if, in order for this, for this market to thrive in the United States, we need proper regulation and proper rules and guidelines to follow? Yeah, I'll tell you what I was thinking of when I was listening to that is um, 
we as you know investors whatever verbiage you want to use are buying these cryptos because we see the end in sight of the current financial system and a lot of systems and we see the introduction of blockchain our time horizon is very small and we think well they can't possibly push this system out any further i would disagree i think they can push this system out a lot longer than you might think they can and the reason I thought of that was because you have superior technologies that sometimes just don't make it. And they don't make it because you have people in power. Like I said earlier, maybe there was a deal that was already done, right? These guys are buying certain things because they know what's coming, right? Just like they were doing during the pandemic with stocks. It's like, you know, they've done previously before. So they will delay things and put certain pieces in place when they want to do it. And they will drag this system out and hurt everybody in the process. So when I look at something like this, what you want to do as an incumbent, like how he was mentioning incumbents, but as anybody in power of regulation is you want to roll out the red carpet for these technologies. Mm. They're doing the opposite. And that always tells you that they have some sort of nefarious purpose. So this is just one of those things that I, I look at it and I'm thinking, you know what? Um, we are early and we are earlier than we even imagined. You're spot on. And the graph we're about to show our listeners is describing exactly that. We have a report come out from Boston Consulting Group breaking down how $16 trillion were going to flood into blockchain over the next eight years. And the first thing that I notice is that other financial assets are going to be the first ideas to be tokenized. But by 2025, we're going to have 3.1 trillion new dollars flood into this market through tokenized assets. And today, this market alone is sitting at $990 billion. This is only the tip of the iceberg, and I think it really speaks to how early we are showtime. But I know Gonzo's got some thoughts. So, Gonzo, what does this chart mean to you and the fact that basically every asset on the planet is eventually going to be tokenized? Yeah. I mean, like like you guys said, we're like we're, we're way, way early. The question is, what are going to be the rails, right? Which blockchains are they going to use, right? There's a reason why shortly after Ethereum was created – um, they started talking about proof of stake, right? When they talk about the tokenization of the stock market, um, that's where Ethereum wants to go. I'm not saying that there aren't more efficient because the XRPL is a lot more efficient, but even that, they don't even have smart contracts yet. So we're way, way early. And like that's what we that's what we were saying at the beginning of the show. That's why you got to do your research as best you can and kind of have multiple bets and, and, and then see where we go. I still believe we're going to have multiple blockchains, right? Ethereum. AVAX, the XRPL, um, you know, I know some people like Solana, we, we talk a lot of crap about Solana, but for whatever reason, it has a lot of venture capital and a lot of power behind it. So it's going to be one of those ones I believe that's going to be at the end, right? Uh, but we're just at the very, very beginning and it just shows how early we are. But um, in every aspect of our life, um, you're going to see blockchain and things being tokenized. Johnny, what catches my attention about this chart is that in 2026, we are going to see investment funds become fully tokenized. And we're talking about trillions of dollars flooding into the market in apparently just one year, according to this chart. How accurate do you think this is? Are we going to see $16, $16 trillion tokenized and added to the cryptocurrency market cap? You know, by 2030, I think that's totally possible. We're going to see that. But remember, the, the, the key here for what's going to make um, the profit here during that, that time is going to be that blockchains themselves or the companies creating the blockchains um, and, and the, you know, however they're going to do it, whether they're going to NFTize it or something. So that's where you want to make sure that you're investing in, you know, not necessarily the cryptocurrency in that particular case, but it might be the platforms or it might be the companies themselves. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this whole thing plays out. But I do believe everything is going to be, <laughs> like I said, I think your underwear is going to get tokenized. Everything's going to freaking have a token, right? That shirt that 
that that that Showtime's wearing is going to get tokenized. You can sell pieces of it if he wants. It's just going to have, especially celebrities. It's really going to be good for people who are celebrities or well known, right? Where they can tokenize and sell off parts, things like that. But it's going to be everywhere. It's going to be medical records. It's going to be houses. It's going to be anything and everything. Thank you. It's going to be anything and everything. So no question. I'll leave that line on. It's going to be anything. Thanks, Johnny. Enjoy that bag of chips. We're about to dive into our next article for today, which is, of course, a U.S. congressman-related article talking about Brad Sherman went out and referenced how right now is the time for the government to take control of the cryptocurrency market. But we got over 240 live listeners joining us. Thank you for making time for us this morning. Show us some love. Smash that like button and let the YouTube algorithm pump this thing out to as many people as possible. Brad Sherman, who is the California representative for Congress, says now is the time not to ban cryptocurrencies, but for the government to move into this space. He went as far as to say that crypto is not a new pawn, is not a new asset class. It's a Ponzi scheme. I think there's a lot of crypto losses and some people are going to need to lose money in order for this market to evolve. He stated that once those there are clear rules and guidelines in this market, the number one thing that this market is used for is nefarious activity. That got me a little bit angry because he talked about how nefarious activity was the only thing that crypto was used for. It seems like he didn't do his research. My highlighting tool is not working. Sorry. So I can't get the quotes that I want to within this article, but I want to stick with Showtime here. Showtime, what do you think about Brad Sherman saying that now is the time for government to control this market because we're in a bear market? I think all the politicians of California are morons just to start off with that. At least most of them are, right? All right. Take it from someone who knows. No, I mean, no, they were were trying to introduce a bill to make all exchanges have certain licenses and all kinds of stuff. I mean, there's certainly good regulation you can do. There's positive regulation that will move the uh, industry forward. But comments like this just it shows his naivete that he's uh, stuck like, what, five, six years back where anybody using Bitcoin and crypto was hanging out on the uh, dark web. And, uh, you know, one of these days, and I keep joking tongue in cheek about it, that I'm going to make a video called Everything's a Ponzi because people have such the wrong, incorrect definition of what a Ponzi actually is that you can apply it incorrectly to every single asset. Clearly, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And, uh, you know, there's going to be regulation that comes. Different states will regulate this differently, but um, I'm scared to see how California is going to regulate it. Johnny, I want to remind our listeners that Brad Sherman is the exact same congressman that came out and said that XRP was not only a security, but that they should be penalized by the SEC for what they did. Why doesn't he feel the same way about Ethereum? Well, we dove into that. We showed who's lining his pockets. We dove into the companies that funded his campaign, and many of them are involved in the Ethereum alliance. So anybody who's willing to do the research, you can expose the game and figure out exactly why these politicians, both good and bad, are saying what they're saying. But Johnny Crypto, what are some of your thoughts on this article? You know, for me, at the end of the day, it comes down to, as I said earlier, we talked about this. You, you can, you can, um, you can uh, have embezzlement or corruption with any currency, <laughs> the U.S. dollar being the largest. We don't need cryptocurrency to do it, right? Um, it's just a, it's just a, at the end of the day, it's just a narrative to slow, you know, to pour some FUD, if you will, onto the, the market at this time for whatever the reason, right? So it's okay because we know at the end of the day what's really coming. I think we're going to realize, you know, now the, the important thing about something like this that I take away is to realize, um, you know, that obviously ETH has gotten into the, you know, into to, is working with some of these players. Right. So you want to know that because that tells you that ETH is going to make it. ETH is probably going to be here to stay because they're married to the right people and places. Right. And so knowing the game is great because they're like, OK, I, like I said, I think I think I think Showtime talked about this earlier. You, you want to have no emotion, no connection to any of these currencies you're holding. 
just know which ones make sense to hold. And in this particular one, for me, the reason why I like ETH isn't because I think it's got the most efficient and best uh, smart contracts capability, right, in, in, in chain, because it's not. It's slow, right, and it's expensive. But what's key about, yes, get yourself a calzone, or if you're in if you're in New Haven, go to Zanelli's, you'll get the best pizza possible. Uh, but anyway, for me, it's all about making sure that you know the field, the game, and you're investing. So, so for me, I love ETH because I know there's a lot of other people. It's, it's married to some really nice people. And I think it's important. That's why I have someone in my bags. Brad Sherman, I think he's an elected official, so I want to remind our listeners, there's only 213 of you out there. Take this stuff into consideration. Look at who's lining his pockets and look at whose agenda he's promoting because clearly when I read this quote right here, you can tell what his scheme is. Sherman said he was worried about investor protection, noting that it's difficult to stop people from spending money the way they want to spend it. Well, they should be allowed to, Mr. Sherman. It's hard to be running the subcommittee dedicated to investor protection in a country in which people want to wager on meme coins. Cryptocurrency is a meme that you invest in and in hopes that you can sell it to somebody else for higher bags. That's the nice thing about a Ponzi scheme. We already had Showtime address that this is not a Ponzi scheme, so I'm going to kick it right to Gonzo. What are you thinking about this article? You know what? It's We talked about this on Monday. There was a story on that and it because he had attacked Bitcoin saying it was good for tax evasion. You know, it's embarrassing. You know, he's a congressman. He has people that work for him. It's like nobody could do a briefing for him. And, and that just tells you that it's all on purpose, right? It's all about control. Um, and, and if you look, he's insinuating that everybody that's in cryptocurrency are criminals, that we're all criminals, right? Um, and that we're in cryptocurrency for nefarious reasons when we all know that the biggest Ponzi scheme is the fiat currency system, right? And I just feel like he's just projecting onto us. So I wonder what he's into and what he's doing that he's calling all of us criminals, right? Just makes you, hmm, right? But it, it's a total joke. Right. Spot uh, and, on, and, Gonzo. and it's all you know what I don't control. like. You know what I don't like, Gonzo? And I'm coming right back to you. I feel like we get patronized very often as if we're not able to think for ourselves because we're not some elected official or some multimillionaire. How do you become a multimillionaire? Unless my family's rich, I have to work my way up, save, invest correctly, and I need to be given a fair opportunity to do so. And the most important part that I think people misunderstand about this market is the fact that the richest politicians and the richest Americans are continually given a free pass. There's great examples of where the everyday person can get in trouble, but a political figure will commit the exact same crime and come out with no scratch or wounds. I want to kick it right back to you, Gonzo, because I don't know. Those are my thoughts. You know, it's it's hilarious, right? Because, you know, they they like you said, you're right. Like we, like we need protection, right? Nobody sits at the border of Las Vegas and stops you from being a degenerate gambler and gambling away your child's tuition or the mortgage, right? You have the NFL and you have all these billion dollar businesses that are actually now promoting gambling, right? Right? Nobody says anything to them, but it's there's so much money involved and they get their pockets lined that they don't say anything. Right. But yeah, you know, no one stops you from being a degenerate gambler and mortgaging, you know, gambling away your, your mortgage. But he needs to protect us against ourselves, against what he feels is all like all of cryptocurrencies, meme coins. And like there's absolutely no utility. Right. It's just kind of ridiculous. And it, uh, Showtime, I'd, I'd love for you to address this comment. Somebody said, I guess all the banks are criminals. That could be sarcasm, but it could be truthful. What is your opinion on the bank's way of making money? Is that criminal? Well, something you guys mentioned earlier about the Shemitah cycle. I didn't even know you guys were talking about that like recently, that I think it's on October 1st that the liquidity requirements for banks is going to have to go from 4.5% to I think it's 7%. Now think about that. That means that they only have 4.5% of the actual money. 
Okay. If that is not the biggest Ponzi scheme I've ever heard of in my entire life, where you have people literally printing things just on demand and then making promises that they'll keep your money in the bank and then they don't even have it if everybody were to show up. That's just that not only is that a lie, that's criminal. Okay. So you're going to see them raise, you know, their liquidity requirements. Are all banks criminals eh, on some levels? Sure. I know that there's some crypto banks trying to do good things, but the fact that this guy's trying to say that you could sell something for a higher price and that makes it a Ponzi scheme, you could apply that to everything. By the way, you could also apply it to most of the equities that these people are buying underneath the table when they sell before they pass legislation. Spot on. I really don't have anything to add there. That was so good. Johnny Crypto, any quick comments before I close? Oh, it's actually 59 minutes. I didn't even realize it was the end of the episode. I'm going to close this thing out by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. That was a great conversation, guys. Thank you, Showtime. Thank you, Gonzo. And thank you to Johnny Crypto. We got 214 live listeners. If you enjoyed this content, show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to see you guys in 23 hours. And thank you for joining us today. Here's Let's go.